Hello and welcome to Wrapped Radio. My name is Lindo Butelezi. According to cancer.org, approximately 19.4 million women aged 15 and older live at risk of being diagnosed with breast cancer, the cancer affecting women in South Africa the most. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and today I'll be talking to Rehab Zulu, who survived metastatic breast cancer. Good evening, Rehab. How are you? I'm okay, and you, Lindo? I am well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to join you. Yes, and I really appreciate your, your willingness to share your story with us as we highlight International Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That's correct. Thank you. Yeah, so for, the, for those who don't know or who aren't aware and may have forgotten, October is International Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and there are a number of different types of breast cancers. And tonight, Rehab will be sharing with us how she lived with and overcame metastatic breast cancer. That's correct, Lindo. That's correct. That I'll be sharing that to, um, with your listeners tonight. Okay, that's great. So can you tell us, you, were, you had stage four metastatic breast cancer. Can you tell us what that means and how it affected you? Okay, so first of all, uh, it wasn't stage four originally. So um, I want to take your listeners back to where it started. So it all started in 2017, in October, when I felt discomfort on my left breast. And, you know, sometimes you feel pain and you kind of like, what is this? And you want to associate it with other things but cancer because nobody is ever prepared and ready to even imagine that whatever that one could be going through could be such a severe illness such as cancer. But needless to say, you know, days went by, weeks went by, you know, pain coming and going. Then I said, you know what, let me just try and get this uh, checked out. And I found a place somewhere in Johannesburg. I went and I got scanned. Um, I remember my, my radiologist said, you know what, we need to take a biopsy because there's a discomfort, there's something that uh, doesn't feel right. And, you know, I agreed. It was sent away to the lab. I went home, then was called back. In a couple of days, I went to fetch my results. You know, unfortunately, it was metastatic breast cancer. And what that meant was that it was not localized. It had already spread to uh, nearby lymph nodes, you know, by virtue of going to the scans, they then found out it actually also went to the lymph nodes because one of the lymph nodes, you know, was biopsy, they got a biopsy from that. So yes, it was, it was not easy. Um, so that meant it was stage three. Oh. And I had quickly, yes, go on chemo, um, you know, it, it was stage three, you know, some people are, I'll say they are lucky that they will be diagnosed as stage zero or even stage one. But then mine was already stage three, which was already advanced at that uh, point in time. But be that as it may, I didn't have, you know, much of an option than to face what was in front of me. I then went straight into chemotherapy because my, the tumor was also very large and it didn't give 
as an opportunity to do surgery first. So we had to go for shrinking first before we do the op. So yes, um, as I say now, it is stage four, you're quite right. Um, simply because after I've had um, chemotherapy, I went into surgery. And unfortunately, you know, when you go into surgery, they want to get away with uh, most of the cancer, if not all of it, that's the main goal. And with me, because it had already went to the lymph nodes and my surgeon tried to come out with as many lymph nodes, you know, that were possible for me at the time, she took out uh, 11 lymph nodes, you know, including the axillary lymph nodes. Um, out of that 11, you know, only two were clear and nine were still positive, which was a concern that if nine were still positive, that could be mean that some of the lymph nodes that are left are still positive, you know, and that meant that I had to go for radiation, which does not give a guarantee, but it gives you some, some grace period, you know, to say, okay, you may live comfortably for this number of years. But because the cancer was very aggressive, I suppose, um, you know, uh, not also being on treatment, uh, because of the protocols, I was not on any treatment. Um, in December last year, I had uh, progression to my neck um, clavicular lymph nodes. Um, so that then, by, by that virtue, it meant that it is stage four. Even though, Lindo, I must say that uh, when I did the scans, you know, to check all other organs in the body, everything was still clear. But for the mere fact that it was, it was now distant and metastasis, it meant that it's stage four. Uh, hence, I had to do a systemic chemo to deal with the whole uh, you know, body and to, to actually um, be put on, a, on, on drugs that I need to live on, you know, or that I need to be on for as long as I live or for as long as they work. Okay, so in the time between 2017 and now, how, how did it make you feel? How did you feel? How did you process all of these emotions, especially at the beginning when you were confronted with all these terms and all these um, life-changing events like chemo that you now had to go through? How did that make you feel? Sure, it was quite overwhelming um, because, as I say, it's it's it was nothing to be expected. You know, to be honest with you, yeah. so one is never prepared to deal with with, with what what you know you are being faced with. Um, nevertheless, you have to face it. Uh, so it 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 was quite overwhelming, in a sense that you as a person you already have your own bargain. Um, you know, in terms of what you are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, yes. you know, in your professional life, in your personal life, and so forth. And and this being an addition on top of everything that one deals with, you know, it meant that I needed to make time um, for this because I must tell you, cancer, it's not something that you, you will walk with as, by the way, um, just like something that, for example, if you want to lose weight, 
you might want to focus on your studies and do many other things whilst you still lose weight and you go on with life as normal. But uh, with cancer, you know, it puts, it, it puts your life on pause and you might want to change, you know, here and there. So it was quite overwhelming. Uh, my, my kids, I've got two beautiful young daughters. They were so young at the time yeah. and they needed my attention more than anything I had. My youngest was only five. You can imagine. Yeah. So it was it was quite heavy on me. And being told that it's it's uh, advanced uh, breast cancer, um, being told that it's it's aggressive, uh, being told that it's inoperable. You know, everything was just for me uh, too heavy. It was it was negative. I didn't know how to deal with it. At some point, I wanted to give up. But thank God I had, you know, uh, the relevant people walking the path with me, starting from the family, you know, going to friends, even the medical team that I had, that I still have even today, you know, held my hand and pointed me at the right dose and at the right direction. So you can only but rely on, on the people that you have as, as your support structure. You know, something to kind of do on your own. This is where yeah. you need people walking this journey with you, you know, and making it as light as possible. So it was quite overwhelming, but with the people that I had, which I still have even today, which I'm grateful for, I must say that, um, you know, days went by and, and I, I, I found myself living this as a reality and accepting it, you know, as a reality, even up until today. Yeah, absolutely. And was along in addition to your friends and your family who were a great support i can saying that um during the time when you were diagnosed and were treated and all of that were there any other organizations that other women who might um, find themselves in the same situation as you that they can reach out to and um, they can reach out to you for support during this time yes um you know the first thing that that you that you you get introduced to when you are when when, when you get this diagnosis is 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 that you are not alone yeah. there are many other people that have been faced with this uh, big uh, giant and who have overcome it much as some people have lost their battle we want to for those that are still fighting we want to to draw the attention to people that have, have are surviving, you know, the disease. Uh, some they have beat it. Some they are surviving the disease. You know, notwithstanding that some might have lost their battle, and we honor we honor them. However, I was introduced to you know a, a different uh, NGOs. Uh, I can count a few such as um, Rich for Recovery which also focuses on um, women that uh, have had cancer or are having cancer. You know, they, they have uh, different initiatives, which they do. Um, some organization is um, Amakawegazi, which is also co-founded -found, by one of the cancer survivors. They teach people about um, cancer, how it has affected their life, how do you carry on forward with the diagnosis. 
So yes, there there were organizations that I uh, was pointed to whom I could find help. And I think it's it's, it's very important for for one to align their, their, their selves with such organizations because there you're going to find people that are going to, to talk from the point of view of you know, experienced people that have been there. Yes. You know, when you are faced with a with big elephant in front of you, 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 you almost don't want to talk to someone that will say it will be fine without knowing what they're talking about. Yeah. You want to reference your, your, your experience to someone else even though it won't be the same, but it feels it feels much better if you can have some sort of reference. So when we engage with these women that that have been on this journey for quite a number of years, then you 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 hold on to this hope, even though you know your hands might be as broken. You hold on to this hope because you're seeing you know the evidence in front of you that there are people who have actually survived this monster and. And they are okay, despite everything else that might be going on. And that gives you hope that even with you, one day you, you would be telling a story in front of you know, a podium or in front of an audience that one of them maybe might be needing your message. So I, 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 I was very appreciative of all you know, the gatherings that I was introduced to because one, it made me feel that I'm not alone. Two, it gave me hope that, you know, that too will pass, yeah. even though it might not pass, you know, um, entirely, but I would learn to live with it, being part of my life to embrace it rather than seeing it as something that perhaps would take my life or something that has, uh, you know, sold me short of my life. And, and, and I must say, it's 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 the it's the lighter things in life that 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 makes you you know feel stronger rather than you know the bigger things in terms of 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 what people might might think oh but maybe you need this money you need that amount sometimes it's those conversations you know over a cup of tea and you walk away feeling lighter yeah that's a beautiful thing because I think, you know, when we think of cancer and also because you've been through it and you've experienced it, it takes a lot from you. It takes a lot of, you know, a lot of your time, a lot of your resources and just energy. And it's beautiful to know that, you know, even with so much loss, you've still gained so many beautiful things from this experience. I mean, you've gained friends and a network of people that now you can relate with and you can share life with even beyond this cancer journey that's correct you know um that's correct you know some there's a saying that says you 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 lose some you win some and it depends on how you view it but i i, I always I, I i you know i must say it this cancer taught me to see things from the positive light you know, sometimes a, a negative situation can bring opportunities, but you need to see it in a positive light. So yes, um, I lost some, but I've gained some, you know, I've, 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 I've gained some wisdom, you know, that I drew from other strong women that have walked this journey before me. And uh, I've seen that a lot of people were actually also because I was, I, was, I was seeing how these women are strong and how they're living their reality 
and I was seeing how a lot other women are looking up to me because they too are seeing that you know Rahab has 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 overcome this. Rahab has 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 you know had a stage four breast cancer, and Rahab is is you know continuing with her life. The main thing is don't don't hold on to the diagnosis in terms of what is written in you know in a in a piece of paper. Yes, it's true that I've got stage four breast cancer, which is uh, non-healable or which we don't have a, 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 a healing for yet. But it doesn't mean that life must be on pause. It doesn't mean that life must stop. It doesn't mean that you must stop chasing what you've always believed in. And it doesn't mean that you must stop encouraging people that there is hope. Yeah. Because it's all in the mindset. If you change your mindset, you know, if, if you don't align to what is written on the paper and tell yourself that, you know what, this is part of me and I'm going to manage it this way and I'm going to take it a day at a, at a time. It's very important to take it a day at a time and to stop worrying about what's going to happen in the next four weeks or in the next uh, three months or six months and so forth. Take it a day at a time because remember your journey, my journey is different from somebody else. And, and you know, sometimes what we do today will have an influence, you know, into tomorrow and to have hope. You know, that's what keeps me going on a daily basis, even though it's, it's very scary, it's stage four and, 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 but in actual fact, it only means that it cannot be cured now, but there's many ways of managing it, you know, with, with the correct treatment, uh, uh, put on the correct treatment. Women nowadays, they find, we find them living longer than before because of, you know, access to, to medication. I'm so inspired. Honestly, I'm so inspired by your spirit and how, you know, in, like encouraged you are and encouraging you are, you know, like you just haven't let this keep you down. I'm sure there were moments where, like you've said before, that you wanted to give up. But I really am. I'm just listening to you and I'm, I'm inspired because your words aren't just for people living with cancer. They apply to anybody who is going through something really difficult right now. So I'm really encouraged by that. And I thank you. Honestly, I thank you for those words. Thank you. It's a pleasure, sister. Thank you so much. And can you tell us where you are in your journey right now? So you've gone through chemo and all sorts of other stuff that is cancer related. But where are you right now in terms of your health and like physically what has happened between 2017 and now? Okay, so as you put it, it, it is now, the disease now is stage four. Um, and it's, it's, it's um, HER2 positive. So that means that it, it produces, you know, uh, medicinally, it means that it produces some level of protein. And according to research, the way or the only way to treat it is that you need to have um, certain medicines uh, to treat HER2 positive breast cancer. And that includes uh, Herceptin as well as Pegeta over and above chemo. So when, when the cancer uh, progressed in December 2019, I quickly then started chemotherapy again, systemic chemo, as I said. And later on, I was put on Herceptin and Pegeta. So 
uh, I always want to explain to people and put it in simple terms, you know, because it's always easier to put things in simple terms to yes. people, you know, to, to layman people. So take, for example, somebody that is living with um, HIV and they are taking um, ARVs, for instance, to manage their disease, to make sure that that their immune system is not suppressed. So they have to take their, in, their ARVs on a daily basis. That is a similar uh, approach, even with HER2 positive breast cancer. Okay. So what it means is that every three weeks, I have to go into the oncology and get the treatment which is um, administered through an IV uh, or a drip. Um, it's, it's, it's Herceptin as well as Pageta. Uh, Those are both liquids which are then uh, given into my body for about two, two to three hours um, under supervision of the nurses. So every three weeks I have to get that treatment um, in order to manage the disease. Remember once the disease is stage four, it means that it has passed you know, the, the, the time where doctors could really try to, to, to deal with it and make sure that it does not progress further. Okay. So what happens now is that we are managing it from progressing even further. Okay. Um, and 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 the difference with cancer, as opposed to my earlier example that I gave with ARVs, is that you know not everything works. You know for everyone. Uh, for some people, certain medicines won't work. For some people, they would work. You know, you would hear people say, I, that one didn't respond to that treatment. They're trying something else. So as long as I'm responding, as long as it works, I will be put on this treatment. So for now, it is working. I am responding to it, So, which is great news. Um, so that's, that's, how, that, that's what I'm doing now every three weeks and to supplement that or, or to complement that rather i'm also uh, you know uh, watching my, my my diet because i i, I believe uh, you know your health uh, what what you do on the side also has an impact it can overburden or it can make it much lighter i find that a healthy lifestyle complements um, the medication very well in that yeah. when you when you yes when you when you are physically active when you eat a healthy balanced diet and when you look after yourself you know in terms of your weight in terms of your sugar level in terms of your blood pressure you know trying to find your most suitable equilibrium with the guidance of you know of the physicians i think it's it's, it's, it's that this is where i am now you know making sure that uh, you know, everything is on the equilibrium. We're managing the situation. Uh, we are making sure that the, the disease doesn't progress any further and that we are keeping it still wherever it is. That's the goal. And up to so far, we are winning. No, you, it sounds like you are. And it sounds like you are saying to people who are listening to this podcast that having breast cancer or being diagnosed with breast cancer isn't a death sentence life can still go on and you can still enjoy the things that you've always enjoyed, but just, you know, absolutely. Yes. In a different way. In a different absolutely, way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you know, I don't, I don't like to, to, I don't want the listeners to get caught in, 
you know, stage four, it's it's too bad, or stage three, it's yes. too bad, or stage zero, at least. Because you know what? This is the the biggest mistake that we as individuals make to say I'm stage zero or I'm stage one or I'm stage four. You shouldn't yes, it's a guide it's a guidance, but you shouldn't only put your trust into those measures. Because unless if you understand what type of cancer you have and and what 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 bearings does that have and how you need to be living, because someone that is you know, stage for me, someone that is stage one or stage two, for as long as you have got a grade three, you know, had two positive uh, breast cancer, for me, it, it, it's just as bad. And you need to, to ensure that you, you are aligned in terms of the right people, the right treatment, and the right information. Because, you know, it, it's a very naughty disease. Cancer is a very naughty disease in that it needs to be constantly monitored and watched. You cannot just relax because it was stage zero or stage one. You need to ensure that you constantly watch. Hence, every couple of months, you know, my oncologist would say, let's do this. Let's check, you know, your blood. Let's check your, 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 the scan. Let's do this. Every small thing that I, I may have, I don't have to take it light. I have to make sure that it's recorded, it's reported. Because for me, as opposed to someone who does not have an underlying condition, for me, it could mean the worst, but we need to rule everything out from the test. So whether it's stage four or stage zero or stage one, for me, it's irrelevant. Once you, you, you've had cancer or you have cancer, every little day, every single thing, every day counts. And you need to watch yourself and you need to make sure that you are doing everything right to the best of your ability. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Um, I was on your profile earlier today and I noticed that you are an advocate for ending the stigma. And I would like to talk about that. I'd like to talk about like what stigma exists, um, especially around women who have breast cancer. You know, there's, there's that too, you know, stigma, it's, it's very bad. Um, I suppose for me, let me talk about um, what I know and what I've been through. You know, other, other women can talk about what they've seen. You know, what I've seen is that women who have done a mastectomy, they are scared to come out. I don't know whether uh, it's because they don't know how society will judge them or how you know, they will be accepted. But in general, women are scared to come out to say, hey, this is me, this is Rahab. Um, I've had, um, um, you know, a single mastectomy. I didn't do reconstruction. And this is how I live. Yeah. Uh, society, you know, will, will, will have judgment to say, but how, how does that affect you? You know, if you have a husband or if you have a boyfriend, there's a Society is very judgmental, and um, some people will be, will be, you know, trying to feel sorry for you whilst they are suppressing, you know, the pain. Um, but 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 I think for me it was it was more of the mastectomy, the scar. It's not only about the scar that you see in front of you, 
you know it's it's also about the scar that it leaves inside and that's the stigma unfortunately wherein people think it's 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 taboo or people feel that you know um having living like this it's 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 abnormal you know it's unheard of but i took an opportunity especially in the black society because i've seen that not as many black women are coming out with what they're dealing with and in that i came across few of them that came to me privately to say but rehab you know i'm also I've, i had surgery some way before me and some after me i've had surgery and you you the way you 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 came out with your body it gives me hope and i hope that one day i do the same you know and that taught me that people are finding are finding hope from what i'm doing you know people are finding comfort from what i'm doing and i keep on asking them but what why, why is it that you 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 are not feeling okay to disclose your body and people say you know we are we're not ready we don't know who's going to say what you know not everybody in my family knows that i'm like this or i have this so yes the stigma and that's something that needs to be dealt with and i think it can it can be dealt with by education because once people know about this the disease you know they will they will not see it as something that to be shocked about because it's you know your breast is quite private it's not like you 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 lost one of your leg you know someone will see it but your breast is very private yeah and and, and you know the, the more we have this education teaching women about this the more people we, will be open up to this because imagine if you 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 are booked in for a massage i mean you're going into spa you're going to meet your therapist whom you don't know uh, perhaps and 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 you find that these people they they are never ready to see these kind of things and one doesn't blame them it simply means that there's a there's a lot more that we still need to deal with in terms of the stigma in terms of of breaking it in terms of education and creating awareness can you imagine if a woman feels like that how much more about you know a male somebody out there how would they feel like so it's for me it's education education and education i love that and i also i love the images on your your profile and how you said you know have you spoken about black women and embracing a new different a different type of body because i think you know with white women it's common it's common to see white women share stories about their mastectomies but with black women it's still very taboo it's still very something something that we hide and um not something that we openly show so for a black woman to show that visibly on instagram is so beautiful and so encouraging because i think it gives people the freedom to talk about breast cancer without shame and also embrace their bodies and also like also how you were saying with husbands and partners also learning that this is normal this is okay there's nothing wrong with your partner if she has had a mastectomy a double mastectomy or a single mastectomy so i really love that and i hope that more black women are open to sharing their stories and also um showing their story as well 
I hope so too, um, Lindo, but I, I'm very cognizant of the fact that it's not easy. If yes. you are in that situation, you, you, you simply cannot just wake up, you know, on an ordinary day and just decide simply because someone has done it that you are going to do it. But I think it's for us that have found it easy for us to do it, to, to keep on doing it so that we, we can make others feel comfortable one day to, to, to accept because it comes with acceptance. You know, once you accept, then um, everything else, it's, it's possible. You, you actually are not bothered by what would people think or what would people say because you yourself, you have accepted that this is you and this is, this is your life. And that's the main important thing. 100%, 100%. And so um, now that it's obviously October and International Breast Cancer Awareness Month, what would you say to women who aren't, um, who, who don't, might not even know that they have breast cancer, who, who aren't living with breast cancer at the moment? What advice would you give to women? You know, it's, it's, uh, screening, it's, 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 most important element you know to to detect breast cancer and without screening one could never detect uh, breast cancer and that is the main important element women need to make sure that they are screened um, regularly when you feel discomfort that is even worse make sure that you go and see your, your doctor to, to check you out. But screening, it's, it's the most important element. And it should not only be about October being the awareness month for breast cancer, but it should be throughout, you know, the entire 365 days of the year. Yeah. That we should, we should be talking about this, you know, within our circles, within, within our families. We need to be spreading the word we need to, to be saying that, you know, breast cancer is there, first of all, and it can be beaten if detected early, hence the importance of screening. But uh, nevertheless, even if it's found, you know, later, at a later stage, it can still be managed. And people can still live longer, you know, with the disease. But we don't want to focus on, on that. Because that often comes with, you know, financial burden and you need to be stronger physically and emotionally and not all of us would have that, which is why we want women and men too to be screened uh, as often as possible. Usually it's once a year, but as, as often as you feel that you, you would like to, to get that, depending on how you feel it. So, so, so for me, screening is prize number one and uh, making sure that women that are above 40, they go for their yearly mammograms. Or even if you are less, I mean, if you, you, if you have a risk factor, um, i.e. if there's someone in your family, there's a history of breast cancer, or if, if uh, for instance, you ha you've had lumps before, so, you, so you, you would know that you fall under that risk category and you would need to go for your mammogram, you know, to, in order for you to get clearance. Um, often these procedures or these appointments don't take time, but we as people, we, we always postpone them up until it's, it's no longer 
can be postponed and that often means that it's very urgent and and it's something that is very serious we don't want women to to leave it to that we want it to be a part of our daily life yes. you know we want women to understand that you know this this is something that we need to to be aware of and and it also begins with you know your healthy lifestyle your healthy lifestyle your diet your physical activity because remember what we put in our body makes some reaction depending on our bodies and comes out into something so we need to be cognizant of what we put in our body in terms of our diet um, we need to be cognizant of, of, of what is it that we should be weighing in terms of weight, you know, in terms of uh, smoking, alcohol, not to say people should not be taking alcohol, but everything in moderation is still good. But you as a woman, you as, 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 as you know, a male out there, you need to be understanding what is it that is putting you at risk and smoking and, and, and you know, uh, and alcohol consumption those two are the ones that will put you at risk and if you can avoid them by all means please do that because you, you would have avoided so many things obesity is, is the biggest risk factor if yes. you can avoid it by all means you know you you would have won won a, a, you know a lot of battles but it doesn't mean that if you don't smoke if you don't take alcohol and if you are slim you won't get cancer but you are reducing your risk factors which is something that I have observed, you know, on this journey that a lot of people that have survived this, this, this disease, they're also watching what they eat, what they're eating, you know, and their weight and so forth and so forth. So I'd like women and, and, and boys out there to, to please look after their, their bodies in that nature and make sure that they are screened, make sure that they are tested. And if there's anything serious, never delay treatment face it as it comes, as, as bad, bad as it could be, face it, it always gets better with Thank you for listening. Please remember to rate this episode and to subscribe to the podcast for episode updates. Otherwise, you can follow me on Instagram at lindo underscore butelezi and I'll catch you on the next one.